Welcome to Bon Jovi Discussions. Today, I have my friend who is all the way over in Madrid, Spain, Penelope. How are you doing, Penelope? I'm fine. How are you, Jerry? I'm doing good. I'm going to have to have you on again sometime so we can kind of just talk about our favorite band and talk about this and that. But today, we are going to talk about this bad boy right here. Look at that. Team Violet. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, master, it's a masterpiece. Sure is. You know, we'll, we'll get into the album cover, but don't you just love, love it's like one of my favorite album covers. Thank you. I, I love it. I just, I don't know, composition, the color, everything, everything. Yeah. I love it. it. It's so simple, yet it, it speaks volumes, you know? Exactly. And, yeah, yeah. I love the back of it. It's great. So for, for those that are watching, they already know what this album is these days. Uh, it is the band's uh, sixth studio album, which is actually the first album without uh, bassist Alec John Such because he was fired, quit, whatever you want to call it, uh, the mm -hmm. year prior to that. Uh, it was officially released here in America. I knew here in America at least June 27, uh, 95. Was it released at the same time over there? I right think there. it was a week earlier. Yeah, I think it was a week there. Yeah. Uh, it was produced by Peter Collins, which, you know, John has, had never worked with before. I don't think they ever worked out together after this either, uh, which is, you know, strange. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but this album has kind of a more of a, which what I really like about it is I think it was one of the very first albums, not first albums, but one of those albums that you really see uh, John's lyric writing, you know, so heavy and very, you know, I think this is when he really hit hit his peak. Uh, Absolutely. Um, you know, and it also has a, a big, uh, and I think Richie Sambora has lots of influence on this. It has a heavy rock and blues type sound. Yeah, um, definitely. And did you know that this album was actually going to be titled Open All Night and then it was changed to Strip? Yeah, I'm glad it wasn't called Strip because I, <laughs> I don't know. I know. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like how Crush is going to be called, called Sex Cells. You know, excuse my language. I but, know. <laughs> God, that, that got changed. You know. I but, know. And then so John had said that he eventually changed it at the end of the recording to These Days, because These Days was actually one of the last ones they had written, and you know, mm -hmm. it's all obviously we know that it's about the world going on and it, it's so funny because 25 years later especially with the world they're in right now the pandemic this album still speaks you know absolutely it's, it's incredible but anyway you know this album was first recorded in woodstock new jersey which was in john's first home which was sanctuary one mm -hmm. it. and then some of it was recorded in l.a but before that, um, what's funny is that John, they actually started record, the first song that they wrote and record was uh, Something to Believe In. Did you know that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have, of course after you Keep the Faith. What's that? I think it's after Keep the Faith, that was the first one he, he wrote, right? Yeah, I think, I, think, I think he started writing this a month after the Keep the Faith tour ended in 93. And so yeah. they went to Nashville and they recorded a few songs and John just didn't like it. And so he erased it completely, you know. Uh -huh. I'd like to hear those demos if they're even around. Oh yeah. Um, and then they recorded part of Diamond Ring and It's Hard Letting You Go in LA. And I think that got erased too. I'm not 100% on that. Um, 
But one thing that we that we all talk about in this fandom together is how dark and heavy it is as an album. You know, and all the, the critics, you know, back then, even, even still today, they say that this is one of John's darkest albums. And it's funny because John says that it's one of his most optimistic. And yeah. you look at it and go, what? How? You know, because it's so dark and like... Their song, and we'll get to these songs, you know, like songs like It's Hard Letting You Go. As soon as that, those keys start at the beginning, that puts you in a depressive mood, you know? I know, yeah. But I think I kind of get it because when people ask him, you know, running away tours and all that, um, why is this thing, uh, why, why does it have that kind of dark uh atmosphere around it and and he he always says what what you just said no I, we were in a really optimistic position i yeah. think i get what what he wants to say is that they this album for me represents also the transition from innocence to adulthood so maybe what he, what he wants to, to say is that he found um you know he, he found himself in a comfortable position to say the things he wanted to say and of course, the world is a dark place sometimes, oh, yeah. but you somehow you get the feeling that in some songs and some yeah. lines, you get the feeling, this is dark, but, you know, we, we kind of get it, too. You're not alone yeah. in this. It, so, exactly. You know, I think after I've listened to this album so much over the last, you know, 20 years, I think it's one of those albums that is so dark. It's kind of like one of those albums that misery likes company. And so, like, exactly. when you're down and depressed, you know, you want something to join you. Like, My Guitar Lies Bleeding is one of the perfect examples. But you find the light at the end of the tunnel. It's like a journey coming together, find that light at the end of the tunnel. So, I guess there is a exactly. in, in it. Um, but they wrote and demoed, I think, about 30 to 40 songs for this album. And mm -hmm. uh, we've heard quite a bit of them, too, which we'll, which we'll get to. Uh, and I didn't know this. There's one of the very few facts that I didn't know until maybe last year. But this was actually supposed to be released in 1994 in lieu of Crossroads. But then John yeah. wasn't finished with it. I think this had a lot to do with re, you know, erasing what he did in Nashville. But mm -hmm. Crossroads fired Alec because they weren't in the recording process yet. And, uh, and then they re obviously released it in June of 95. Oh. Yeah, that's right, because then we, we got uh, Crossroads with uh, Someday and Always, so that's great. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. And you know what's such a bummer, too, is this is like one of the very first Bon Jovi albums that was not very successful here in America. But well, it was, my mind blow, blew up when I heard that the first time. I gotta yeah. tell you. Well, you know, I live in a country here in the States where people just like the hits and that's it. You know, it's unfortunate. Yeah. This album is just a masterpiece you know yeah. but it was huge in europe and asia and it was so huge over there that you guys got this gem right here which is a yeah I, I don't have it here with me because yeah. I, as i was telling you i'm i'm about to move but i i got that i i love yeah. it it's such a great album you know, there's a lot of cool you know and you guys got here in america it ended with diamond ring you guys had the version of all i want is everything and bitter wine I don't know if you can see them there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Actually, so, the one is one of my favorites. Yeah, and another thing that I liked about this um, box set too is that it includes like covers, like live covers and demos and all that. Um, but, and then another one last thing before we move on to the we talk about the album is mm -hmm. the album cover. Like like we were talking about at the beginning, just how cool it is. I love it. Um, this is a this is a poster. This is I don't know. Yeah. The album itself is a poster. I mean, it's amazing. Oh, it sure is. You know, it was photographed in Mexico by a guy named Mark, and forgive me if I'm wrong, Seliger? Mark Seliger, I think? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. And the band didn't like it. I actually heard this was going to be the album cover here in America, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, but they, they didn't like this album cover very much, but then at the end, I think the record company said just to go with it, so they did. Um, anyway, uh, before we get into the songs, let's talk about the tour because you know, I became oh. a fan in 2000. When did you become a fan? 1995. Oh, okay, so this, this is my era. See, I didn't become a fan until 2000, but I was you know, this tall, eight years old. Uh, yeah, if I could go back in time to pick a tour to go see, it would have been this one, especially this is, this is my first tour. Yeah, which tour, which show did you go to on this tour? Madrid, just Madrid, because I was 12 years old, and I, I bet one day I came home, my, my mom had the tickets, I cried, I screamed, and my brother <laughs> took me, and it's the only Bon Jovi show I, I was in the front row, because obviously I was 12, it yeah. was amazing, it was amazing. Wow, that's amazing. You know, yeah. if, if I could go back to any show that they've ever done and see, you know what one it would be? What, it, which one? it would be the legendary Wembley. Same here. <laughs> Same My, here. You know, because they did three nights there, and always the performance of Always that's on this DVD is just blows me away. On freaking I know. band's best performance, hands down. You know. I know. And, and just the just the entire show too. You know, it's just I missed it. You know, like something that's so big in the band's yeah. history. But that's one I know. show I could have seen. Uh, this was actually one of the sh this the first of one of the shorter tours. I think it was shorter than the Keep the Faith tour too, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think it, it was just uh, two years, and there were not much yeah. shows. I remember. Yeah, they started in April '95, ended in July '96. They did, I think, six or seven legs. They went to, I actually, I wrote down the countries, Europe, North America, Oceania, Africa, South America, and Asia. And they did 130, 131 shows. Uh, what I really liked about this tour, too, was that they incorporated, I don't think it happened until like later on in the tour, but they did a acoustic set. Oh yeah, in Madrid they did it. It was yeah. amazing. You, yeah. you got to see that. I'm gonna yeah, I got to see that. Uh, um, I know. You know that? Did, did they do in these arms uh, during that? Yeah, they did. Uh, I, I, I should have looked at the, at the list. Uh, they did in these arms, diamond rings. Oh, I know there was one more. Should have looked it up. But yeah, three songs. It was. Wow. Absolutely amazing. I I'm couldn't jealous. see them well. You, yeah, it was 
you know, the first time you, you see your idols there, this tour, uh, in that moment, you, it's something big for you, obviously, but you're not, you don't realize that, that what you're living is, you know, fan history. And now when I think about it, it was an amazing night. And, and, and John had a problem with, uh, with that, with the allergies. Um, he usually does when he comes here to Madrid because it's really bad. And the, the actual show only lasted like 140, 145 minutes because really? it, it was, yeah, it was really bad the night. I remember I was bad with my allergies myself. And we didn't notice the show was so amazing. We didn't notice it was short. You know, and then a couple of days later, because we didn't have the the internet and all, well, Twitter and all that. Yeah. A couple of days later, we saw on the news that John Bon Jovi was rushed to the hotel because he was really, you know, having problems with his breathing and all that. And we said, oh yeah, maybe the show was supposed to last a bit longer. But it was so amazing that nobody said like, wow, this short. It was great. It was incredible. You know, diehards like us, you know, we're used to two to three hour shows, you know, so yeah, I know. a two hour show, sometimes you're like, yeah, you know, yeah, I know, <laughs> but hey, let's, let's start digging into the album. Let's go track by track. Uh, so we'll sure. start off with Hey God, uh, which uh, was actually the fifth and final single that they released uh, mm -hmm. in June of 96, right before the tour was ending. It was written by John and Richie. And uh, John has stated many times that he wrote it in his basement with Richie. Mm -hmm. uh, and he got inspired by, I guess he was in New York City. He looked out his hotel window and, you know, saw a lot of homeless people, you know, begging for food and shelter and all that. And, you know, we were talking about how this album really influences today's world. This song does as well, you know, because it feels like we're so alone right now. And... You know, we both know that John is very, um, relig I wouldn't say very religious, but he's religious. And, mm -hmm. you know, this is one of those songs that just makes you question, do you ever think about, hey, God, do you ever think about me? You know, you feel alone, basically. You know, what's, what's your take on, exactly. on that? Well, at first I would say I think it's an amazing way to open an album. Uh, the first time you listen to this album, the way it opens, I mean, it blows me away. And then what you're saying, you're, you're totally right. I mean, uh, you can be a religious person, you can have your faith, but when you're in a position, like the people he's talking, they're talking in that song, makes you doubt, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I know how busy you must be, so I still believe there is a God, but do you ever think about me? Uh, yeah. I'm on your yeah. list somehow. Yeah, you, you you feel forgotten, you know, especially like these homeless people who are begging for food and shelter, something that's a, a basic human need. And I won't get political here, but, you know, shelter and food is a basic human right and need. And you exactly. just feel like you're, for, like you're forgotten about in society because you're pretty much spit on, you know. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, and like you said, it's one of those songs that it starts the album off so well. You know, what I really like about it is you kind of hear like a studio you know, like, yeah. I think John goes, you ready? And then Richie goes, just about. And then all of a sudden, you hear the, you know, Let's music go. And, yeah. and the drumming going in. And uh, it's not a typical Bon Jovi sound, you know? I think it was, like, I believe, but twice as heavy. 
You know? Exactly. It's like, it's like I believe has in, has this so yeah. that that sound. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, and, and another thing that kind of this is one of the very few music videos. You know, usually music videos kind of match the song pretty well. It gives you a bigger story. This video never made sense to me. You know, because I I think really? the band is just the band is just like in a smoky room. It just shows random people, but it's not telling the story with these random. Yeah. You just see like people's faces. Okay, well, what are these people doing? It never gets to that. So you kind of like. Why was this video? It's a good video, don't get me wrong, but it just doesn't really complement the song, you know? No, but I get I get what you're saying. I think the feeling I get when I, when I see this video, I'm not sure, obviously, if that's true or not, is that, okay, we released the final single, we have to do a, uh, make a video, uh, yeah. let's play here, and then create a, a story, a follow story. Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah, I get yeah. what you're saying, yeah. And... It, I've actually never gotten to see the song live, unfortunately. Have you? Uh, I Except yeah, but I, no, no, actually, no, actually, they didn't play it in Madrid, uh, and I that I never heard like. You know, it is. It's. It, I love the YouTube videos, and I love that he, you know, has it. He plays a tambourine in this song, and uh, but I've yet to see the song live. But I really hope to one day if we even get lucky. Me too. You know. Me too. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's go to the next one. Something for the pain. Okay. This was actually Amazing. when I was eight years old discovering the band's catalog. I really couldn't get into this album because I couldn't relate to a lot of it. But Something mm -hmm. for the Pain was one of those songs that really, so okay, I like this song because it's more of a fun song in a way, you know? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it was the second single uh, released in September of 95, I think the 14th. It was written by John Ritchie and uh, Desmond Child. Um, mm -hmm. And John has said in a lot of interviews back during these days era that this was one of those songs that he had the most trouble writing because he couldn't get the chorus right. Oh, uh, yeah. And they couldn't find the right chorus. So then he, he said he almost scrapped it. And then I guess Ritchie or Desmond or whoever, I don't remember, uh, kind of finished it and then it just fit perfect. Um, yeah. One of, one of the things that really stands out to me on this song is Richie singing more, especially like the bridge, you know? Yeah. I, I, so I different, like, right? Yeah. Yeah. You never saw that in earlier Bon Jovi stuff. So it was kind of cool to see. You know, like I said earlier, I think Richie really influenced this album. You know, I think he yeah. got more of a spotlight uh, as far as a sound goes and being more vocal. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, a lot of people think I'm crazy, but I, I'm also crazy about Tico's drums on this song. I know it's simple, but it's so yeah. smooth and it's just the way it hits, you know? Yeah. Um, but you're right. Yeah. No, absolutely. What's your take on this song? Well, this was the song that was a single when I, when I became a fan. I actually discovered the band through Crossroads and my song that changed my life was someday I decided the night. But there was this was the, the song that was playing on the radio and, and all that uh during that time. So you know it touches my heart now. Yeah. I don't know. Uh and I love the song. The the funny uh thing about this song is that I was learning English uh about that time. So I 
I remember I had this book with the lyrics in English and Spanish. And when you hear the first time the song, I kind of catch some some words and all that. I when I read the whole song, I I thought, wow, this is not what I was expecting. When I when you hear that upbeat song, you know that kind of um, what what you said is like a not a party song, but it's you know you have it's that fun. that rhythm. Yeah, it's fun. And, uh, so when I read the whole lyric, this is not what I was expecting, and I love it. I, yeah. I just love it. You know, I, I, you kind of listen to it and and wonder what the true meaning of it is. But to me, I think it's all about you know having nothing to get you through the night, to get you through anything, and you're pretty much alone. You know, and you're looking mm-hmm. for something for the pain. You know, uh, so I think exactly. that's what all about, and we're. And this, I've seen this song live. I saw it on the Circle tour when the whole band came out on the, the Circle, and they performed it acoustic. And Tico had like a beatbox or something. Yeah. And, and David played the accordion, which was so cool. Oh, that so, was amazing! Yeah. Yeah. So it's I, amazing. I, I've always wanted to see the actual version played. Mm-hmm. You know? But okay, yeah, me so, too. And music yeah. video. Me this, too. This is one of the more fun music videos that they did, which absolutely, I um, because you know, you have this kid basically going to the record store, which you, you don't see many of these music stores anymore. You know, you see this giant Bon Jovi display, and then the kid's looking at music, and he finds um, Bon Jovi playing the song, and you know, you see all these actors impersonating what the current big artists were, you know, like Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre and all that. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, it, it's 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 funny. And you're like, what? You know, but yeah. My, my my favorite part of the song though is at the end when he steals that CD. You know, I know, I love so, that. Um, I love that. Yeah, and I know it, it. It brings a lot of memories. You know, the video. I I take every time it came uh, on our TV. I take it. I have this, this this video with a lot of something for the pain, so you know it. I, it brings a lot of memories, and it's really funny. And I don't know, it's just kind of gets me emotional and everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love it. What's I your favorite? It. What's your favorite lyric from this song? My favorite lyric. Wow, that's a tough one. Um. Probably, um, yeah, I, it's hard, but probably I try to need someone like they needed me. When yeah, when I open up my heart, I open up my heart, but I was late. It's like I, no way. Yeah, way you stole. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I love that. It's just I can't, yeah. I can't feel anymore. It's, it's like I've given up. I just leave if I open my heart. Yeah, yeah. I love it. And so you kind of put this wall up again. You know, it's kind of like relationships. You know, you get hurt in one relationship. You're afraid to let that wall down because you can bleed again. You can't handle it. Uh, But you stole my favorite lyric. Wow. That's a connection there. I love love it. (laughs) All right. Next one. This ain't a love song, which is the first single, which was released on May 30th of 95. 
uh, written by John Ritchie and Desmond. Um, my whole take on this, it, it, it's kind of like the perfect love song. If what Absolutely. I've done, if what I've done isn't enough, if the way that I feel isn't enough, this ain't a love, you know, it's kind of like vulnerability, you know, this is me, this is how much I love you. If that's not enough, I don't know what love is, you know? Exactly. You, you, now you saw what I was going to say. If this is uh, not love, I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, 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 I love this song. You know, when I first heard it as a kid, you know, eight, nine years old, you, I didn't feel it. But I think once I got into like relationships and stuff, I started to really feel it. It's one of, uh, the music video uh, was filmed in Thailand, I believe. And I think it added so much passion to the song because once I saw that video, it just added a lot of charisma to the song, per se. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, so, it's really powerful the way they end it when you see that John is sweating. Richie breathing, it's so, it's so powerful. And a funny, uh, funny yeah. fact, uh, the way Tico is sitting there, like, someone give me some something to do, please. <laughs> I love that. I know. It, it, it's funny you mentioned Tico because you look at John and Richie, they look like they're heartbroken and, you know, suicidal. And then yeah. you got Tico just kind of chill there and just kind of, you know. Yeah. And letting the cigarette, like, Oh, I yeah. guess it's time to go, guys. Yeah, I it's love so, it. It's so funny. What's what's your favorite lyric? Let's see if you take steal mine. Ooh. Let me see. I don't know. This was this, this is a really hard one, but maybe, just maybe, the part of we were just legends in my mind, but the whole part. I yeah. love the part. Yeah, mine is you're really on your, your knees thinking you're thinking, but only full oh, know yeah. it all. And I played that full for you. You know, I love that. Oh, yeah. And then it just gets heavy, you know, more passionate. And, you know, you get into the pre chord, then into the chorus. And, oh, I just, I love it. I you know. know. Oh, and, and you, have, you have to let me um, make a shout out to my best friend, Natalia, who became a fan thanks to this song. So, Natalia, I love you. I love you. Yeah, <laughs> she is such a sweetheart, isn't she? Natalia. What can I say? She's she's my best friend. We met in ni 1996 thanks to our guys here, yeah. and it's the one of the best things that happened uh, to me, uh, or the many many things that happened to me because of being a Bonjoury fan. And then Laura came came into our little family, so I'm more than lucky. Yeah, she's she's such a sweetheart. Uh, one yeah. last thing. One last thing about this song is um, I love the way that John performed it in the These Days tour, especially the live from London, you know, like when he throws his mic stand, he, he just, you know, talk about- One of my favorite moments. I know, I know. I always say that that has to hurt the knees, but that moment, but that passion, that strength, my God, one of my favorite moments, yeah. yeah. You know, like we talk about, you know, the song is pretty much about giving your all and this is who I am. This is how much I love you, blah, blah, blah. He adds that to his performance, too. You know, I just. Absolutely. Incredible. I saw them play at MetLife. I think it was MetLife uh, during the 2013 tour. The only time I ever saw it live. But it was it was incredible there, too. He didn't throw his mic stand then, but <laughs> still good. Oh, well, I know. I, <laughs> yeah, it's it's 
it's amazing. You know, actually, there was there was a um, a radio DJ who was really friends with uh, really good friends with John, who passed away unfortunately. And he always said when he presented this song, he said John didn't want to make a, a love song. Oh hi, kitty! <laughs> she, she's sneaking a cameo. Uh, so he, he said, um, "This ain't a love song. He doesn't want to make a love song, and he makes the best of love songs ever." So, like this, you know, yeah. metaphor. The epitome yeah. of love song. Uh, let's go yeah. to the next track, "These Days," which is oh. the title of the album too. Uh, fourth single released in February sixth, nineteen ninety six. It was written by John and Richie. Um, one of my favorite things about this song, though, is the beginning. You know, it's kind of like that haunting sound of the pianos. Damn, it's so good. You know, like I've know. seen this live a few times. Like, you never know they're going into it. And then all of a sudden you hear the, I the, know. the keys. And it's like, you know. I, 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 I'm, I'm trying not to cry here. Because, <laughs> you know, this is my, this is my favorite song. Uh, my yeah. all-time favorite song. And... Um, it's always special when I hear when I hear this live. Yeah. Uh, the second night we were expecting it, and they played it. Live. The last song was these days, and my God, what a moment! So yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, I think this is one of those songs that really kind of showcases what John and Richie were trying to achieve with the sound and the tone of the album and the meaning. Um, you know, this song is all about homelessness and hope feeling hopeless lonely end of innocence per se uh just bad relationships being in a dark place dark world you know and so i think yeah. this is one of those songs that really kind of showcase what this album is about and i think it instead of it being a fourth single i think it should have been the first or second you know but yeah but it absolutely wasn't. i just I think it's it's perfect. Uh, I mean, the beginning that you were talking about is just amazing. How uh, David can that sound is so nostalgic and at the same time so uplifting for me. Uplifting, you know. It's, for me, it's the best sound ever. That beginning, my gosh! And you know, the lyrics it um it made sense to me then. It still makes sense to me now. My favorite lyric here, without a doubt, is there ain't nobody left but us these days. Because oh. when I became when I became oh, a fan, that's how I felt. Well, I was a teenager and all that drama, you know, it was uh, they became my home right away, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I, my house was those days was not much home and they became my home. So that line there, that lyric, there ain't nobody left but us, that's that's touched me because for me it was true yeah and that lyric is so true today you know before we start recording here you know we were talking about the pandemic and it's, it's so relevant right now because right now we've got to really stick together and do our part and watch out for each other because that that's all that's left you know absolutely absolutely um, there that there, there there's that oh yeah are you there jared i'm i'm here i see yeah um okay my, my favorite, my favorite lyric of the song is, don't you know that all my heroes died? And oh, I guess wow. I'd, and I guess I'd rather die than fade away, you know? Absolutely. And, and to be honest with you, I think this is kind of that line, I'd rather die than fade away, 
I think that was coming from John personally because he's, yeah. he said many times that he was so worried that they were going to become irrelevant Absolutely. to keep the faith there because they, they weren't filling stadiums and arenas and they thought they were kind of fading away. And, you know, and John still says today that he'd rather quit while he's ahead, you know? I know. Um, but uh, live, this song is really good live. Uh, what I actually... I actually enjoy seeing Richie play the song live. I him singing it. He sings the song so good. Really, I haven't I haven't heard Richie sing the song. Oh yeah, you, you can find it on YouTube. He does it so well. It's it's so good. Well, um, I have this thing with Richie where I, I can't listen not right now to him anymore because yeah. it it, it kind of hurts. But, yeah. but I will get we'll there. I will get there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, this music video as well, kind of like Hey God, I don't think the music video really showcased the song very well either. I don't think the video Absolutely. really made, besides showing the band, it really didn't show how socially conscious the song was and all the problems in the world. It just kind of showed the band pretty much. But it's still a good video. But uh, next one is Lie to Me. Uh, the third, like single, third single released in November 29th of 95 written by john and richie this is one of those songs that kind of had to grow on me over the years uh i do enjoy it more, now more than i did when i was younger mm -hmm. uh, mainly because i understand the meaning behind it you know to me this whole song is about it, it's kind of like another version of our prayer you know coming from nothing Absolutely. nothing and by having each other to get you through. Absolutely. I think it's, this is Tommy and Gina having a, a rough time, you know, yeah. when years passed, and this is Tommy and Gina grew up and saying, you know, we really got to hold on here because yeah. uh, we got each other and that's what we have. So, yeah. and this is the 90s. And yeah, it, yeah. It's a, I think it's a more of a ballad version of Living on Prayer. You know, it's more of, a dark song, but with optimism, you know, exactly. thinking you know, we can get through anything as long as we have each other, you know, because, exactly. you know, you can say that your significant others is what pulls you through the hard days and the hard nights. And, you know, like that one line in the song, rumor has it that your dad's coming down, he's going to pay the rent. Tell me this is as good as this life is going to get. You know, I mean, those just, those lyrics just really impact you, you know, Absolutely, absolutely. Um, it's just, and and the video. I love the video to the song. The same as yeah. these days, and, and and it's not. But I love the video to the song. I do too, and I always and I think it is, but I think it's the the homeless kid that he becomes homeless. Is he mm -hmm. the kid in the something for the pain video? Yeah, he is. He is? Okay, yeah. I always thought that, but he looks a little, a little different. But I'm like, that's got to be the same kid. And yeah, like, he is. Yeah, but I love I love that video. You know, it it's amazing because he was becoming homeless, and he meets someone that was homeless, and she's you know in that world of being homeless, and it's like two worlds coming together. You know, and love. You know, showcasing love. You know, just because you're in two different worlds doesn't mean you can't come together. You know, unfortunately, it's exactly. a worse way than a better. But uh, yeah, um, yeah. And, my favorite lyric is the simple one. If you don't love me, lie to me. Because if it's kind of like, you know, if I don't have you, I'm not going to be able to pull through. You know, so the last thing I need right now is to 
be told that you don't love me anymore and you know Absolutely. so it's a simple lyric but it, you know with the songs meaning it, it really has impact you know it, it's powerful yeah i would say too a simple one but a, a, a really good one um uh, no if you walk out of me then darling i'll be gone no you're yeah. the, it's, it's like you, you're the only thing i have and and it's enough that i need you i yeah. mean if i don't have you yeah it's amazing i mean it's truly a romantic song too you know thinking that you can't survive without that person and you know yeah. it's, it's really a beautiful love song in a way um, it is. but we'll go to the next one uh damned which kind of damned kind of breaks away from what the rest of the album is about it's yeah it's, it's a more of a fun song but it's actually a pretty good song damned uh written by john and richie uh what you, I you can really see Richie's influence here in this song. That? I love Richie here. That, um, I, that I think you can see Richie's influence once again here. I, 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 I love the I love the the guitar here. Richie here is absolutely amazing. Yeah. And people think I'm crazy when I say this, but if you listen to the guitar solo and then listen to the guitar solo to keep the faith, they're almost identical in a way. Really? They sound, they sound very similar. Yeah. Listen to the damn guitar solo and then put on the Keep the Faith guitar solo. They're almost hand in hand. They're both great. They're, they're different, but they're almost the same, which is kind of Oh, I will do that. Yeah. Maybe I'm just crazy, but I always thought that. Um, I don't know. Maybe you have a point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, you know, this, this whole song is about man with a married woman. Uh, she's very deceptive and, you know, cheating and stuff and uh, I always wondered you know I wish John would have commented on, on the song more because I always wondered how obviously it wasn't a, he didn't write this from his heart but I wonder where he came with this inspiration of, of a song yeah you me, know? like me who was he writing this about you know yeah um, me too. My, my favorite lyric though his ring is on your finger but my, my heart is in your hand same here same yeah. here I love that lyric I love yeah. that lyric and you know, and John's vocals too, especially at the end when he's screaming "damned." You know, he's just—it he sounds like he's pissed, but he's just you know singing "damned." You know, I love it. You know, absolutely. And I, I got to say, the version they played in in Yokohama. Yeah. Wow, one I of my that. favorites ever. Yeah, it's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say. And so, you know, we talked about how this song is kind of different from the rest of the album, but I think it was kind of perfect to put in because it kind of breaks away from all the sadness and absolutely. You know, yeah. Although being cheated on and all that, it's kind of very, uh, yeah, it's like here, ha have this glass of water where you go on with the, with the record and then you yeah. can go on. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, next one is my guitar lies bleeding in my arms. Written by, written by John and Richie. Uh, John has mentioned many times how this one kind of came from writer's block, that he had so much to say, but he didn't know how to say it. And, you know, like the one where like, I've been trying to find a meaning so I could write it down, you know? And I think it's one of those songs that is, like I said in the beginning, it, it, it's one of those misery loves company type songs. You know, like mm -hmm. when I'm when I'm feeling sad or pissed off or whatever, I put this song on because it's like that misery loves company type, you know, let's be sad yeah. together, you know? 
Um, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I, I love it. And I, I love the, the lyric. I get so numb sometimes that I, that, that I can feel the pain. I guess uh, that sums it up. It's like I, yeah. what you said, I have so much to say, but uh, I, I, that's lyric. I get so numb that, that, that I, I don't know how to put it there. I can't, I can't feel it. I can't, it's amazing. And the way yeah. it ends, the way it escalates, you know, it starts yeah. like a, a ballad and it escalates so powerful in the, at the end. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Amazing. You know, it's one of those songs that I, I think that you feel so low, like you have no feelings and it's kind of more of like a suicidal in a way. You're like the one, you know, staring out the win window is such a long, long way down. I'd like to jump, but I'm afraid to hit the ground. You hit the ground. You know, so when he says, I'd like to jump, I think just the sense of jumping, you know, taking a chance on something gives you a, a feeling, you know? Exactly. The urge but, to feel something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but my favorite lyric is, each day you know you're dying from the cradle to the grave. I get so numb sometimes that I can't feel the pain. I love that line. You know, I, Thanks, every time yeah. I listen to it, I always just, sing along to it and you said that's your favorite too yeah the, the i get some num actually uh when i when i first started listening to it i hear that i just feel i get so numb sometimes that i just feel the thing and it made sense to me but it was like hmm, it's weird and then i read and it was i can't feel yeah. the thing and i was it was like it totally makes sense yeah it's my favorite too definitely yeah. uh next one it's hard letting you go this is actually my second favorite uh, song on the album it's one of those songs where you like you can be even in a great mood but as soon as this song starts it puts you in depression sometimes absolutely it's a very sad breakup song all about loneliness and being empty and i actually listened to this song when i was going through breakups even as a kid you thought it was the end of the world because you know yeah you know, you're, you're a kid and you know but what do you know you know um but this song was actually written, just written by John, and he actually wrote it for his first movie, Moonlight and Valentino. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, it's so, and, I, I love the song. Yeah, I think it's one of the best songs lyrically on this album. You know, yeah. the whole album is, just, is a genius lyrically, but this one really showcases how brilliant of a songwriter he is. Yeah, um, I agree. You know, it, it, like I said, you know, it's a very sad breakup song. Looking back in a relationship and, you know, like the dog don't bark like it used to, you know, or the sky shines a different kind of blue, you know. It's the definition of a breakup is missing someone, yeah. how, how he puts it there. It's like, wow. Just yeah. Um, my, my favorite lyric, actually, I, I have, I wrote some notes here because I, I just, there's so many amazing lyrics I want to talk about with you. Uh, mm -hmm. One of the first one is, it ain't no fun lying down to sleep and there ain't no secrets left for me to keep. I wish the stars up in the sky would all just go and sick and the clouds would take the moon out on some one-way trip. I think I got that right. That lyric, it's so yeah. beautiful. And I think it's so beautiful. It's all about taking the brightness away at night so he can just be left in the dark where he feels you know um, yeah another lyric that i really like is i drove all night streets that wouldn't bend but somehow they drove me back here once again you know all that's about, mine hey you know, about, you know all about it's trying to escape the pain and trying to 
stop thinking about her and but yet every every time exactly. he thinks of something it brings him back to her memory and um, i think it's some it's some it's amazingly written uh, uh drove all night on streets that wouldn't bend I, the image you can imagine that metaphor i, I think it's wonderful i, I love I that i love yeah. it and I'm glad you brought up the word metaphor because that's what this song is. It uses so much metaphors. Exactly. And, you know, like taking the moon and the stars out of the sky to feel completely dark. You know, the exactly. memories driving you right back here once again. You know, it's just, it's just amazing. You know, I could praise John on this song all yeah. day long. And it's so good live. I think the last time that they even did it was in 2010 at the O2. And it's just, yeah so freaking incredible you know and i, I know. know john could still sing it and i wish he i i want to see the song live one day it's just like i said i could praise Me the too. song all day so but let's go, to, let's go to the next one this is actually my favorite song on the album heartbreaking really i, I love, love it song so much uh it was written by john and desmond child and i always thought even in the fandom I always thought this was very underrated. Uh, as Absolutely. Song. You know, I think John John really shines on this album, especially vocally uh, mm -hmm. and lyrically too. It, it funny, a side story here. I got this CD from my uncle when I was like nine or ten years old. He he gave me his copy of these days, and when I listened to uh, track nine. Uh, it skipped a little bit and it skipped on, you know, in the first verse, it's a cold, 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 cold night. And then second verse is long, long night. <laughs> it actually skipped on, on it's cold. So John would say like 30 times, it's cold, cold, it's a cold, cold, cold. <laughs> oh my God. I, I didn't know it was skipping. I was like, why does he keep saying? So I just skipped the song. And like years <laughs> later, I got another copy. I'm like, oh, it skipped. And the, but he still says like five times. <laughs> so, uh, so that's a funny story uh, yeah but you know my the whole meme for this song for me is i you know calling it quits in a relationship and understanding that there's no use in trying to save it and just part ways basically you know it's the end of a relationship and uh the lyric i think one of the reasons why i love it so much not just because of how incredible his vocals are but uh -huh. the, the line, hey, I cried, hey, I lied, hell, I almost died. Just when he yeah, says yeah. that, it's like, it's kind of like this ain't a love song when you're giving your all. You know, so like, in, exactly. in this song, it's a, he, he gave his all in a relationship and no good came out of it, that he almost died from all the heartbreak exactly. and trying. So, you know, I don't know, it just hits me when I hear that, that line, you know, it just adds a special touch I don't think it'd be my favorite song if it didn't have that special touch, that line. Oh yeah, that. yeah. What's your I love it. I I would say uh, I love this song. I just uh, is is one of the songs that is whenever you sing it, you can keep up. I mean, your throat really hurts afterwards, <laughs> and John's vocals are, are amazing in this song. And I love, for example. Uh, did I, um, when I cut you off, did I caught myself with the same thing? Oh. I, I love that lyric. Oh, that's it's so like, true. Oh, and then, and then the part of broken hearts can't call a cop. That's my second. I was going to say, that's amazing. My, 
that's my favorite line of this whole album. That's my favorite lyric. It is broken hearts. Yeah. Call the cops. Yeah, it's the perfect crime. Yeah, because it's, it is absolutely a perfect crime. I mean, what's yeah. to do? I mean, get away with it. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah, you know, we'll never see this song live. I don't think John ever even played it live. Um, I don't think so. No, but uh, well, I know we never will. But it's it's one of those underrated songs that wish kind of that you wish had more spotlight to it. John probably forgot it even exists. But uh, I, I know. Uh, next one, something to believe in. It's my third favorite. Wow. Written by wow. John. Yeah, talk about you know it's like it's hard letting you go and you listen to it. It puts you in a depression for a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's kind of like Hey God in these days. It's, it's all about questioning the world and not having anything to believe in. You know, something to believe exactly. in. Exactly. And I think it's the darkest song on the album as well. Yeah, absolutely. What's your, what's I, your, I love, what's your thought on this song? Well, again, I have to say I love the version they played in Yokohama. I, I think it's oh. the part the part where he goes uh, for, uh, for, for John F. Kennedy. Robert Kennedy from Martin Luther King and all those who believe say hey oh, wow yeah that that part yep. it's well I have good thoughts mm -hmm. right now and it's amazing I don't know I I can't find for me Bon Jovi I mean hope among other things I can't find hope in this song I can't and and even then I think it's amazing I, I mean yeah. there are times when you're you're in a really dark position. And you're not asking for hope. You just want to scream. I need something yeah. to believe in. Yeah, don't yeah. tell me your pope. Don't tell me your no. I, I I can't believe in that. I just need to scream that yeah. I can't anymore. You know. I think yeah. that's it. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree with you. I couldn't have said it better myself. I I, I agree. You know, one of the things I really love about this song too with Richie is when in the background you know begin hey hey hey. And Amazing. Then, hey. I, I, I really want to praise David and Tico here too because Tico, you know, yeah, Tico and David really blend together well here, especially the way Tico, you know, really pounds those drums, you know, towards the middle and the end of the song too. So powerful. My favorite lyric is, "I had lost touch with reason. I watched life criticize the truth." Here's the big one: "Been waiting for a miracle. I know you have too." Like, I, like I said many times with this album, Misery Loves Company. And that is one of those lines, too. I know you've been waiting for a miracle. You haven't found one. I haven't found one. We're in this together. You know? I so know. I love it. And it's so good live, too. I think I've seen yeah. it once. I think I, I think I saw it during the Bounce tour, but I was, you know, 10 years old. But, I know I saw it, but I can't remember the tour. I don't know if it was in Madrid 96. I, I have to look that up. But I, I, haven't, yeah. I have seen it once. It's amazing. It sure is. Uh, next one is If That's What It Takes. Uh, it was written by John and Richie. I think vocally, I, I think it really resembled Hearts Breaking Even. I, I still yeah. love the song very much. Um, my fourth favorite on the album. Uh, I think, you know, John's vocals really shines here. It's very high and heavy. And, yeah. uh, I love the Again, you can, you can keep up. You can keep yeah, up yeah. with that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love the way you know Richie's Richie plays his guitar here. The way David plays yeah. his keys, you know, and it, I think it's all about you know, kind of like the saying a love song. What do I have to do to prove myself? But 
I think it's like the stage before this ain't a love song, you know, trying to figure out what you need to do to prove yourself that, you know, that you, that you understand you've both been hurt in the past and you're afraid to let love back in and you're sacrificing everything and trying to believe in something good. So there's a touch of optimism in this album. I don't know if I'm making sense here, but that's how I always. No, totally. Totally. I think, you know, what your I, I love it. I, I love especially the part, uh, I think you're going to agree here. Uh, so when you feel like jumping, just when your heart starts bumping. You stole my lyric. I know. I, I, I know. <laughs> it's amazing how, how we have the same favorite lyrics. Yeah, but I mean, it's so powerful. I'm, uh, I always dedicate that one to, my, my, to Natalia and Laura. Because that's how I feel about them. So I, I, I'll be there to talk down. I'll be there before you hit the ground. I, I mean, and the way John sings that last part, I'll be there when you hit the ground, and amazing. then you hit the chorus. Oh, it's so good! Amazing. Yeah. I, I think this is another underrated song. Oh, I, yeah, I, it's like, yeah, I for me, it's like a, yeah. No, go ahead. No, I. I it's like uh, like a second part to Heartbreaking Event. Now that it makes much sense with with the lyrics, but it's like a kind of like intuition, maybe. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I, I love it. Yeah, I think I think like you just said. I think it's another part. I, I would say it's Heartbreaking Event Part Two, just the way it sounds. Yeah. You know, with vocals yeah. and the instruments. But I'm glad both were put on the album. Uh, last one we'll talk about is Diamond Ring. Now. Mm -hmm. Before I get into it, it was written by John Ritchie, and I think Desmond Child also wrote on this one, too. Uh, yeah. It was originally written and recorded during New Jersey in 88. And uh -huh. so a lot of people are in shock when that they, it's not that I don't like this song, I do. It's, just, it's one of those songs I don't usually listen to. I'm not, Thank too, you. I'm not too big on the album version. I love the New Jersey demo a lot more because it has Thank you. the. I'm glad someone agrees with me because everyone else is yeah. crazy. I, no, I agree. You know, the, there's more drums and more of an electric guitar on the New Jersey demo. But what I do like about these days version is the way John and Richie harmonize together. That's oh, one yeah. thing I like about it. Yeah, it's absolutely, it, it sounds absolutely amazing and acoustic. I mean, uh, even if I agree with you, I think the lyrics are perfect for for a you know acoustic ballad song. But I yeah. agree with you. I prefer the New Jersey uh, demo version, and I think it's really beautiful. But it has um, it's not that I don't like it. Like there are really few songs that I don't like Bon Jovi, but it's not that I don't like it. It's just that it seems unfinished, maybe. Like after this whole agree. record, yeah, it, right. It's like after this huge, amazing record, uh, this song ends, and then in America it ends. Record ends, so it's like that was it. I, I mean, I, I kind of get that feeling, but it's, it's really beautiful. Yeah, you know, I I couldn't have said that better. I completely agree with you. It, like you said, you know, you have this album full of heavy songs, and it's just it's a roller coaster of an album, and then all of a sudden it kind of just calms you down and maybe that was the way that john was trying to get you yeah calm you yeah. down and this is it and it kind of breaks away from like i said 90 percent of this album was about the dark world 
socially conscious. Then you had that 10% about love and breakups and all that. And this yeah. one kind of, you know, is all about commitment, showing that you're true to your partner. And, you know, obviously, you know, Diamond Ring wasn't flipping off at Diamond Ring. Um, exactly. But I do like the lyrics. When, when you're crying, I'll be the tears for you. There's nothing that I won't do for you. You know? Yeah. Like I, said, it's one I love. Of, it's one of the. I, I love. I love. Uh, I, oh, sorry. You were saying? No, no, go ahead. You go ahead. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, it's just that I, I, I love the part of. Um, don't you know I bleed every time you sleep? Because I don't know if I'm in your dream. I, I love that one. I, 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 I like that one too. Um, but, you know, it, overall, you know, this album is one of my it's in my top five of favorite bon jovi albums it's just it, it's so good lyrically you know musically it's good and you know we we're talking about this i wish i could have seen it live you know this tour you know but it's a great I album know. It's, uh, it's amazing from you know to me it's a masterpiece and my favorite album although don't make me choose uh really if i if i if someone actually came and said you can only listen to one album, I would say no way. But since that is not going to happen, I would cheers these days. And I think it's a masterpiece. Yeah. That, that's a line. Yeah, I, I am with you. But anyway, Penelope, I want to thank you for uh, coming on today. I'm going to have you on again and we'll talk about being a fan and, you know, sure. talk about our favorite band together. Um, but thank you so thank much. Thank you so much for, much for having today. me. Yeah. Thank we'll you, Jerry. Stay safe. Okay. Bye-bye.